All right, man. Well, we're y'all can clap it up. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's good. 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 So, always exciting to be able just to worship the Waymaker, man. To make much about Jesus. That's what we love to do. If you're joining us online, man, we're so glad you are joining in that way, and and uh, and hopefully we've got some special guests watching this morning. But uh, we, we, you know, we're in this series called the Power of Jesus, and on Easter Sunday we talked about the power of Jesus. You know, the resurrection was on full display, and, and just. The, the power to change lives, the, the power to change everything. That's, that's who Jesus is. And then last week, Pastor Daniel did an incredible job talking about the power to unify, how Jesus brings things together, and how we are to, you know, to mend relationships and redeem relationships and to heal relationships. And so today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the power to heal, the power of Jesus to heal. And so as we kind of unpack this today, I, you know, I believe, and I'm praying that God has got people here today in this room or either watching online that need to be healed of something. You know, and so oftentimes when we think of healing, we think of a physical healing, but God heals in a multitude of ways. But God wants to heal. That, that's God's desire. So the power of Jesus to heal is what we, we, we really need to kind of get our mind around today is the power of Jesus to be able to heal someone. You know, and oftentimes I think people think, well, you know, Jesus just doesn't do miracles anymore. He doesn't heal anymore. I, I disagree. I think he still is in the miracle-making business. You know what I'm saying? Now, I believe he still heals people. I believe that there are powerful testimonies out there of people's lives being changed and transformed. Physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, even financially. And so God wants to bring healing into our lives. That's, that's God's desire. And oftentimes we say we want it, but God wants to bring healing into our life. He really wants to. And we say that we want it. We just don't always do what the steps may be required by God. And, and there's times we look back and we see that there, there were times when Jesus would give someone maybe some steps to take. And, uh, you know, what if they didn't do that? You know, Jesus, would, he would literally take spit and mix it with, uh, with dirt and make mud and put it on a guy's eyes. And, and, and those were just some steps that were involved. Or he would say, hey, listen, reach out your hand and his hand would be made whole. And we would see a physical miracle take place, Right. And so oftentimes there are steps involved in that. And so today what we want to do is we want to look into the Scriptures and we want to kind of unpack some of the, the steps that are necessary for us to experience complete healing, full healing. And so God's desire is for us to experience that. God wants to bring healing into our life. So Jesus said this, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life. And oftentimes what we do is we go through life, even as believers, and we feel like, you know what, this, is, this can't be all there is. This can't be... You know, the life that Jesus talk, talked about. And this can't be the life that he died for. And you look at your life and you measure it, maybe by the world's terms, not, not, not in spiritual terms, but you measure it by the world's terms and you go, man, it's just not adding up. It's just not measuring up. This is not what I had hoped for. But God can work in any circumstance, in any relationship, in any situation, and he can make it healthy and he can make it whole. And so we've got to be willing to want that and then be willing to say, God, help me to See what the steps are, what maybe the, the steps of faith that you want me to take today. And so, God, I believe that you want me to be whole and you want me to be healthy. And so, God, I want to hear from you today. So my prayer is that you're going to hear from God today. You're going to hear from his word and you're going to be moved by your spirit, by God's spirit to take maybe a step. And maybe it's a step of faith for you today. But maybe it's just to admit, you know what, that you need help. To admit that you need healing. You know, for many of us, we deny things, we cover them up, we hide them, we think nobody else knows, and we just think, you know what, I'm just going to press on, I'm going to push through, and we, we're hiding the wounds that we have when they really need to be healed. And so maybe today God will do some stirring in your heart, maybe he'll do some stirring in your life, and maybe he'll even pull back something that you think you've got hidden that you cannot hide from him, and he's going to say, hey, listen, let's deal with this today. And I believe that God is going to do that. And so Jesus wants us. That's his purpose. He wants us to experience that rich and satisfying life. In Psalms 30, verse 2, it says, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you, res you restored my health. And so I believe that today God wants to do that in some of our lives in this room, that he wants to restore our life. Or maybe for some of you guys watching online, that God is going to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to restore you today. I'm going to redeem you today. In the first service, we had two people who put their faith in Christ for salvation. You know what they were? They were redeemed. They were changed. They were transformed by the power of God, by faith in Jesus. Amen. That's right. And so we get to see that. We get to celebrate that, right? And so God is saying, hey, listen, there's somebody here that he wants to change their life. He wants to work in them. He wants to heal them. And maybe it's you. Maybe it's you that he wants to restore good health. It says this in Acts 10, 38. It says, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I've been reading through the, the book of Acts this past week, and I was even thinking, you know, about teaching out of, 
where, you know, the, the, the paralytic is laying there by the, the gate called Beautiful. And every, you know, every time people would walk in, he would lay there and he would reach out for, for begging, you know, for money or whatever. And, and, and Peter and John come walking by him and, and they say, man, silver or gold we don't have. But what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And he says, you know, get up and walk. And he takes him by the hand and, and man, the guy begins to walk around. And all of a sudden the guy begins to dance around and the guy begins to worship, man. He's dancing around worshiping. And all the people knew this guy because he'd been, he'd been by that gate or he'd been there so many years for 40, since birth he was lame. And now all of a sudden he's walking and he's dancing and he's shouting and he's worshiping. You know, and, and Peter and John, man, are just stepping back and saying, man, this is the power of Jesus at work right here. And so I believe that God wants to do those type of things. He wants to heal. Can you imagine for 40 years being lame, unable to walk? And then all of a sudden you're able to dance and you're able to just do things you've never been able to do before. You know, I always think about someone who's been healed of being blind. You know, we, we look around and, you know, we can see colors. I and mean, some of you guys, maybe you're colorblind, I don't know. But, but whenever you see someone in the scriptures, whenever they're, they're made able to see, I think about the fact they look around and they see blues and they see reds and they see oranges and they see pinks and they see these colors. And you can only imagine what a flood that is to their mind to be able to see that for the first time. You know, and, and I, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've seen a couple of videos where someone gets glasses where they can see colors that have maybe been colorblind. They see them, and, and man, just the look on their face, and I'm thinking, all right, they haven't been able to see colors, but what if you had never been, been able to see anything? And then God touches you and heals you, and man, you got a story to tell, right? And, and so then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So the power of Jesus to overcome even the enemy, the devil, the, Satan himself, you know, Jesus is able to conquer anything that he tries to do. And so I don't believe that a believer can be possessed by demons or, or you know, or by the devil. But here's the thing. We can be oppressed. We can be attacked. And we can literally have, you know, the oppression of the enemy. But Jesus says he can literally defeat that. And he can push that out of our lives if we will stay focused on him and lean into what he tells us to do, right? And so we're able to walk in that authority and that power. And so Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, today and forever. So if we believe that passage, we believe the other passages, right? If he's the same today that he was back then, then he can still heal. And if we believe that he's the same today as he was back then, then here's the thing. He has the power to change lives. And he has the power to heal. Whether it be emotionally, relationally, spiritually, you know, financially, whatever it might be, he can bring healing into our lives. And, and it goes back to his faith, this us believing that. And so I want to introduce to you, uh, Mr. Uh, pastor John Pearson. So John, come on out. John is our Celebrate Recovery pastor here at Journey Church. And this is what this guy does, man. He works with people, and he literally walks them through steps of healing every week, man. Love you, Morning, man. Sir. Glad Morning, you're here Journey part Church. of this. So come on in. Y'all give him a well, warm welcome. So John, we're talking about healing this morning, and I know that's a passion for you, and so... Um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what God's put on your heart today and, and where, you're going, where we're going to go today. I appreciate the invitation, Pastor Mike. Talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is the healing that's available through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we, uh, we talk about uh, Psalm 139 as one passage I love that David is thanking the Lord. He's telling him, thanking him for being fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Another um, translation talks about wonderfully complex. So we are uh, the pinnacle of God's creation. We are created in the image of God. We believe the word of God speaks to uh, that we've been created with a, a body, with a mind, and with the spirit. And God wants to bring healing into each one of those areas of our life. I was reading a study um, just last week from the World Health Organization. So it's as intelligent and all the knowledge that we think we've amassed and how great we are. I think we're still just scratching the surface to understand how the body and the mind are interconnected and how all that stuff works. They found in uh, just one year from 2020 to 2021, the incidence of anxiety and depression had gone up 25 percent across the general population. And it said that, you know, this is a substantial um, impact it's going to be wide-ranging, and it's going to be long-lasting, um, that we're going to probably see this just continue to increase as uh, we move forward. Um, well, looking at uh, Paul talking in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he 
He's saying, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So Paul here is speaking to a sanctification process that has taken place. We believe the Bible tells us when we are saved, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we've uh, been imparted a positional sanctification. That means when God looks at you, he sees his son Jesus in his righteousness. Amen. That's right. However, at the same time, we're going through a process of sanctification. We're becoming made more holy, more like Christ as we mature in our Christian walk, where we will ultimately get to that perfect sanctification in eternity uh, when we've had sanctified bodies. So we're talking in that process of sanctification. Paul is talking about he's, he's working sanctifying you in these different areas of your life, which speaks to or implies that there may be healing that may be necessary in each aspect of your life. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Mike to speak to that first area as we unpack this a little bit more in each area and talk to us about physical healing. Very good. Well, physical healing is one of the things that uh, I want to talk about you know, this morning as well. And so there are times that we have, you know, maybe experienced and maybe you've experienced a physical healing or you've seen that, you know, and I've shared with you guys some stories uh, about physical healing that have taken place. One was Charlie, who when we were playing flag football that day or two hand touch football and he runs into a car and, it met, and he has this incredible injury and I'm holding this kid together literally uh, and praying over him and his eyes pop open. He goes, Pastor Mike, I'm going to be all right. And I'm like, I believe you just don't move, you know. And, um, and anyway, they lifelight him out of there. And then the next or uh, that evening, literally the, the neurosurgeon comes walking out and he says, man, all I can tell you, he said, this is my first miracle. And uh, he said, uh, so he said, this kid should be paralyzed or dead, one of the two. And he said, he's, he's going to go home tomorrow. And we're all going like, we're in shock. We're going like, what? Are you serious? You know, we're praying, praying, believing, I think. But the thing is, is we saw a physical miracle. And I've got a lady that sits right back here, uh, you know, every week that, you know, shared with me just a few weeks ago. She's been battling cancer. She was diagnosed in 2013, given like six months to live. And, you know, she's still going. And she said she talked to her doctor the other day and got back all the results. And the doctor said, all I can tell you is you're a miracle. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So I love that, man. So, so God still does physical uh, healings and physical uh, miracles in our lives. Uh, you know, I shared with some of you guys, I shared with some people that, you know, my uncle, Big Jim, passed away yesterday. And Big Jim was, uh, you know, he wasn't big. He was only about that tall, but we called him Big Jim, you know. And uh, anyway, but Big Jim was my uncle. He was one of those uncles that I would go and stay with and hunt with and stuff like that. And we just had a special relationship. And um, anyway, he went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And so he got the ultimate healing physically. I mean, because he's in the presence of God. No more pain. Uh, no more issues. But I can remember years ago, he was battling uh, spinal meningitis uh, from a bad si- infection or whatever. And, and anyway, they called the family in. They were not expecting him to make it. And, uh, and anyway, he, he, he made it through that. And I can remember him telling me about having an out-of-body experience. That he can remember kind of looking back down in that room and seeing his mom and his sister and feeling a little bit sorry for them, but seeing this light. But God said, hey, listen, it's not your time. And, uh, and so this time it was his time. And uh, so he had one of those moments, you know, that we go, does that really happen or whatever? But man, for him, it was, it was as real as anything. And I remember him telling me that story. And so back then he had a physical healing that, you know, gave him more time here. But th- this time he had a complete healing that, you know, he's in the presence of God. And, and so I love that. And so, to, like I said, so we're talking about physical healing at this point. And it's talking about the body. And these bodies are, they're, they're created in the image of God. And, uh, and they're designed in God's plan to be healthy and to be whole. And, and so let's look at a couple of uh, passages here. It says, he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees. Now, this is Exodus. This is as, as the, uh, the Israelites are leaving the, the Egyptians, you know, they're leaving Egypt. And, uh, and so he's speaking to the, to the nation of Israel here. Hey, listen, if you'll follow the commands, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases that I sent on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. Look at what he says right there. He says, I'm the Lord who heals you. So God wants to heal us. God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. He wants your relationships to be healthy and whole. He wants you physically to be healthy and whole. There's some steps that you have in that. And even some of the steps in being physically healthy is you doing what God has told you to do already. You know, I mean, exercise and eating right and things like that. And you go, oh, man, I just messed it up. I thought it was going to be a miracle, you know, that, that I was just going to get healthy all of a sudden. But some of it, God gives us steps to follow. Even when we look into Scripture, you know, we see where God tells us the things to eat and the right things to eat. 
and, uh, and, and to not be a glutton. You know what I mean? Those are the things that we do. So we look into his scriptures and we see that. And so he, even here in the Old Testament, we see where God said, hey, listen, I am the Lord who heals. I am the God who heals. And so he wants us to be whole. He wants us to be healthy. Are any of you sick? This is out of James. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so that you might go, man, that seems crazy. But here's the thing. God says, hey, listen, do it. We're going to trust him, right? And if we trust God and if we trust him to heal us and we trust him to say, hey, listen, anoint with oil, then we're going to anoint with oil. You know, it may not make sense to us, but, you know, God is God. We're not. And he says, hey, listen, do this. And it's by faith, faith in what God says to do, then we're going to trust him in that. And so scripture is pretty clear. Any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so we do that. We'll pray over people. We'll anoint them with oil and pray. God, we're praying for your healing in their body. And we're praying for your, your will to be done. That's what we always pray. We pray, God, for your will to be done. And it says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. In other words, when we get our heart right, man, we get our heart right. There's health in that. When we're in a right relationship with God, there's stress that goes away. There's a peace that passes understanding. You know, number, one of the number one things that causes physical issues in our lives is what? Stress. And that stress is a lot of us not trusting God, not leaning into God, and it's worrying about everything and trying to figure out everything. And so what we're doing is we're, we're literally bringing this contamination of stress in our lives because we don't trust God. We trust us. We trust ourselves who are broken and messed up and always seem to blow it, it seems like, more than we trust the God who created all things. And so we've got to put our trust, our faith, our hope in who God is and His plan, His perfect plan. And the more that we spend time in God's Word, the more that we will know what His good, pleasing, and perfect will is, right? The more that we spend time in there, the more that we memorize Scripture, the more that we know that whenever things come up, we're not going to worry about them, we're going to pray about them. Because we're praying about them, we don't have to worry about them, right? Because we've given those to God. And so that's what we have to understand. And so the thing is, healing in one area often promotes healing in other areas of our life. And so when God heals one area, it begins to affect the other areas of our life. And so I'm going to let John kind of unpack a few of these. So we've talked through the physical healing that can take place. The next area we're going to talk to is emotional healing. The word Paul used there, he's referring to soul. It's, there's a Greek word there. It speaks to our personality. It's the emotions. It's, it's our mind. Um, and that's an area that often with physical healing, you'll see emotional healing that will take place with it as well. As we see here from Psalm 147, it talks about he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. I'm sure everybody in here at some point in their life has experienced some form of brokenheartedness. It may have been a breakup back when you were a teenager or a divorce, a loss of a close personal relationship, a death of someone that's close to you. That just crushing emotional pain that you have there. And it says God wants to heal that. And he'll also add some physical healing to it. One of my favorite stories of kind of this healing in one area leads to healing in another is out of Luke chapter 8. This is the story of the woman in the crowd who had a condition of bleeding that had gone on for 12 years. It says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. And so you read that sometimes if you're just kind of skimming through scripture, you don't necessarily pause and reflect on the implications of it. But there's a lot that's in this one sentence if you pause and start to think about it. It says she'd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So according to Jewish law, uh, when a woman was going through a monthly cycle, she was considered ceremonially unclean. She could not go into the synagogue and worship. It says if she touched anybody, they would also become ceremonially unclean and they couldn't go in and worship. If they sat in the same place she had just sat, they became ceremonial unclean. She was probably fairly ostracized, not quite a leper, but you know people didn't want to risk brushing against her for fear of that would be what would take place. This went on for 12 years. I just told you what happened after a year and a half of quarantine Imagine having to go through this yeah. for 12 years, what the emotional baggage that she would be carrying from all that. Um, in other accounts of the Gospels, it talks about she had spent her whole life savings going to doctors trying to get this thing figured out in a human physician sort of way. And they, they had not been able to find any cure for her. So there's got to be some frustration, some resignation that I'm just stuck this way. 
And as we continue reading through this account, it says, Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding was stopped and she was healed. This uh, presents a really pretty neat word picture, I think, if again, if you pause and think about what it's saying. Earlier in this account, there was a synagogue leader who had dropped in front of Jesus as he was walking through this village, and he was pleading for his daughter to be healed. So this big, huge crowd is all huddled in, um, and they're focused on this important guy and Jesus talking. And now we have this picture of her coming up behind. She's like sneaking through the crowd, and she's trying to come up behind him. And it's a word picture of let go and let God. You've probably heard that phrase before. Um, She's coming up to touch him. She can't keep holding on to that baggage that she's been holding on to as she's trying to touch his robe. She has to let go of that to be able to grab a hold of his Mm, robe and to find some healing. Um, A good word picture for what we should be doing in a spiritual sense. As this account continues, it says, Jesus turned. He said, who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Isn't that an amazing statement? Jesus felt healing power come zapping out of him into this lady. Our, our Savior has that within him. It continues, When the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. She had gotten used to kind of being on the fringe of society. She'd been in the shadows. Jesus healed many people. He could have just kept walking. He knew something zapped out of him and and, and just kind of went on his merry way. But I believe he was not done healing her yet. He had healed her physically, but now we're transitioning to an emotional healing. So he turns, he calls her out, and again, she wouldn't have been the most popular person in the world at this point because she had just weaved through a crowd, bumping into a whole bunch of people who are now ceremonially unclean on account of touching her. And so he has her explain she's confessing what has just transpired. She's being witness also that the healing that has just taken place within her. And he calls her daughter. It's the only place in Scripture where he uses that term daughter, referring. It's a very intimate term. It's a family, close family, tie, title that you would use. The only time he's done that. Again, he's restoring her emotionally here by calling her out in that, by that title in front of everyone. And then he continues on that your faith has made you well. Again, I think he paused here to make a point that it was her faith in him that caused the healing. It wasn't the physical touching of this robe. He didn't want, you know, some new religious tradition that takes place where we start grabbing garments expecting things to happen because it's the faith in Jesus is what made the difference. And it will make the difference in your life. And then finally, he says, go in peace. Peace implies a wholeness that has taken place. I believe she saw physical healing. That was obvious. He's just walked her through emotional healing, and now I believe there's spiritual healing that has taken place through the course of this. And that's the last area that I'll invite Pastor Mike to kind of walk us through. I mean, what a beautiful picture we see here of of Jesus healing. And uh, and like John has pointed out, you know, we, we we see physical healing take place, which is beautiful. And just the fact that, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, the fact that, you know, she had to explain it. You know, you could almost feel all the eyes on her. And probably when everybody realized who she was and what, what situation was, they just kind of backed away. And there she is in front of Jesus, you know, having to give this account of what, what had happened and why she did it. And, and so she's probably, you know, in some ways feeling even smaller. So she was trembling. And, and so just the fear of, of not sure, of, you know, how Jesus is going to respond. But he says, hey, listen, daughter. He gives that intimate statement and says, hey, your faith has healed you. I mean, how beautiful is that? It's not touching me. But, you know, again, you know, I believe that, you know, God just loves us enough and he cares enough about us that he cares about the details of our life. And he wants you. And if you're here today or you're watching online, he wants you to experience healing. And I believe that, you know, Jesus is going to know today, just like he knew back then when healing takes place. I believe he knows today that there was healing that took place in the first service. And I believe it's going to take place in this one as well. 
And so God is at work and, and he's working on us and, and it says go in peace and, and you see her walk down that road in peace. So spiritual healing. You know, uh, this morning and last night I was messaging with my sister. We were moving my son into his new place yesterday and, and I was telling her about it. And anyway, she was telling me that her son had reached out to her through uh, Facebook and he's kind of been uh, disjointed, if you will, from the family for, for years, for like seven years and Anyway, I was reading the message that uh, he had sent her, uh, that she sent to me. She kind of forwarded it to, to me to read. And I said, it sounds like Wesley wants healing and he wants to be whole. And so I hope that Wesley is watching this morning. And I'm praying for spiritual healing for my nephew. I feel like he's that prodigal that could come home today. So I pray that he's watching. Wesley, we're praying for you, buddy. And I told him we would give a shout out to him. So somewhere in the United States, I don't even know where he's at, but I'm praying that he's watching today and that he can hear that there can be spiritual healing that will lead to emotional healing, just what John just got through talking about. And so prayerfully, he will experience that today. You know, and no more excuses, and it's not something that he's got to do, but he's just got to receive that spiritual healing. This is where it starts. You know, the spiritual healing is what begins to change everything. And it's believing. I mean, the woman believed that if I could just touch Jesus, him, of his garment, then he'll heal me. And he did, right? So it's her belief in him and who he is. And I'm just telling you, that's where it starts for us. We've got to believe he's who he says he is. He is the Son of God. He can change us. He can heal us. And he can, heal, he can heal our brokenness no matter where it's at. It can be financial. You might be sitting here today, man, I am financially in distraught. God can heal that. But he's going to give us some steps to take. He can heal us emotionally. There may be some steps to take. Maybe you have to go to someone. Maybe you have to forgive someone. Maybe you have to let something go. And so there's steps that we take. And, and so the spiritual healing is such a, a powerful thing for us. If we can get our mind around it, it says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt we've got to just kind of realize what it is and say god i want to confess it to you and too often what we do is we try to hide it we think well nobody knows here's the thing god knows god knows everything about me he knows everything about you and whatever you're trying to hide that is satan telling you to hide it because satan loves to try to use our secrets to beat us to death with and to hold us captive and to and to keep us a, living a lie that's what he does but jesus said listen bring it into the light and I will take care of it. I will wash it as white as snow. And I'll make you healthy. And I'll make you whole. And I'll give you peace. And then you can go in peace. That's what Jesus is telling us. And so here we, we look. This is in Psalms 32. 5. It says, finally I confessed all my sins to you. And stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. That's who it's against. It's against God. And you forgave me. All my guilt is what is gone. And so if you're here today and you're living in guilt because of things you did in the past, that's Satan trying to hold you captive. And maybe today, for the first time, you go, you know what? I'm going to confess that sin. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to repent. I'm going to quit thinking about it the way that I've been thinking about it all these years. And I'm going to start thinking differently. That's repentance. It's changing the way you think about who God is, about who Jesus is, and about your sin. You say, God, I want, I want to listen to you, not to the enemy, not to this world, not to my friends. God, I want to listen to your word and your truth. And so, God, I'm asking you to change the way that I think right now. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to think differently about things. And I'm only going to be able to do that through my faith in who Jesus is. And so, Jesus, will you change me from the inside out? Look at what it says in 1 Peter 2, 24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you're what? You're healed. And so, spiritual healing has to take place. I remember the age of 19, walking an aisle, not knowing how to get saved, really. I just said, man, I just know I need Jesus. That's all I needed to know. And I, I, I was finally at that point where I admitted, and I came to grips with the fact that I needed a Savior. And I come to the pastor, and I said, man, all I know is I need Jesus. And we got down, we prayed a simple prayer. But, man, what I did was I gave him my heart, and I said, I believe with all the faith that, I, that I've got, God, that, that Jesus is your son, that he went to the cross, and he died for me, and he bled out his precious blood so that I might live. And I want to be healed, and I want to be whole, and I want to be in right standing with you. And that's where it begins. And like John talked about, we have this sanctification where God is continuing to teach us and to train us and to equip us for everything that he wants to do. But let me ask you today, have you ever been healed spiritually? 
Because really, ultimately, that's where it begins. You, you've got to be willing to say, God, I, I, want, to, I want to be healed spiritually. And, and so by putting our faith in Christ, you know, that's, that's the step we've got to be willing to take. And maybe for you today, you know, you're going, you know, I need to know what the first step is. For some today in the first service, they knew what that step was. It was put their faith in Jesus. And there may be some of you in here that, you know, Mike, I've already taken that step. Well, maybe it's to forgive someone. That's the next step of faith. Or maybe it's, you know, to, to, to walk away from something and say, God, I need your help. And I need some people around me to help me overcome this. And maybe that's what John's fixing to talk about. Is some of the biblical steps that we need to take to really be healed. And so, John, why don't you walk us through some of these steps? So we believe the, the Bible is pretty clear about, uh, you know, a process or steps that we need to take towards healing. And as to kind of help illustrate that point, I'll, I'll just share a little experience from my life. When I was a young kid growing up, um, I had one set of Sunday clothes. That's what I wore to church on Sunday. Um, these were some pretty cool polyester, big, broad, striped pants. I grew up in a different era, okay? These things were cool. Joseph and his coat of many colors had nothing on my polyester striped <laughs> pants. So uh, one time when I was young, I came home from church. Lunch wasn't quite ready, so I had a chance to run outside and play. I was going to ride my bike. Um, Evil Knievel was kind of big back in those days, and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I'd gotten another cinder block from my dad to build my ramp up higher that I was ramping my bike off of. Mom yells out the door as I'm running, change out of your church clothes. Well, it pains me to admit to all of you, but I was somewhat of a strong-willed child. Some of you might be able to relate to that. And so I promptly continued on the way outside and jumped on my bike. First time off that ramp, uh, it did not go very well, and I had a pretty bad pileup and drove my knee into the gravel of our driveway. Um, pretty deep cut with lots of rocks in there. And as much as that hurt physically, when I sat there and looked at the big rip that had gone into my church pants, the stark terror emotionally of having to face my mother took over. And so, like any strong-willed child, did I march in and admit to what happened? Oh, no. I snuck back in the house, snuck into my room, changed clothes, stuffed those way in the back of my drawer, put a couple Band-Aids on there so it wouldn't bleed all over the place, and then I tried to do the best I could to not show them I was hurt as I went to lunch. I pulled that charade off for a couple days, and then finally I woke up one morning, and this thing is, as you can imagine, and I had to come to my mother and kind of fess up what had happened. So she promptly was actually very merciful. I think she thought natural consequences probably had made the point and she didn't need to add to that. But she did go through a cleansing process because that thing was pretty gross. There were still rocks in it. And although it felt like she grabbed the steel wool from under the kitchen sink, she (laughs) didn't really do that. It just felt that way. But I grew up, again, in a different era. We didn't have this hydrogen peroxide stuff. I got rubbing alcohol. And that got followed up with everybody's favorite, iodine. Yes, it hurts a little bit. And then she proceeded to, you know, help protect that thing. She put a bandage on it. Um, and then every morning and um, evening after that, she'd take the bandage off, check it, make sure it was still healing the way it was supposed to, kind of monitoring that injury that I had and make sure it was healing like it was supposed to. So that kind of story maybe will help kind of illustrate that our first step here is that we have to recognize and admit our need. That's right. Jeremiah 6 says you can't heal a wound by saying it isn't there. I actually got to admit that something's going on that needs to have some fixing going on. So in John 5, 6, it says when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? You know, again, one of those, you just kind of read through it and you kind of go, what in the world are you saying that for? Of course this guy wants to get well. If you read earlier, this gentleman had had an infirmity for 38 years. He'd been laying by this pool of Bethesda waiting to get healed. Why would Jesus ask him that? Well, sometimes when we're dealing with something for a long time, it can kind of become our identity. That's who I am. I don't know what life would be like without this. There's a fear of change. As miserable as I may be right now, at least I know what the boundaries of this thing are. I don't know what that's going to look and feel like. And some people really fear any kind of change like that. In another way, it's kind of how you get attention. It's what differentiates you from the crowd. If this goes away, I'm going to blend back into the crowd and just be another face in that crowd. So I have to admit and want healing 
And then I have to proceed on to cleansing that wound. Much like the steel wool and the rubbing alcohol, there's a process there of cleansing that needs to take place. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us, But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Confession, it's a prayer to the Lord. Physical healing, I'm praying, asking God to heal me. Emotional healing. For spiritual healing, it's a confession. That it may involve repentance, as Pastor Mike has talked about, for sin I've done. Um, Asking for forgiveness. For unforgiveness I've had towards others. I have to make a choice to forgive others, maybe, to help start cleansing this wound. Um, God knows our needs, but he wants us to ask. Philippians 4 says, make your requests made known. James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. So I need to actively communicate with the Lord and ask him to cleanse that wound. And then that takes me to protecting that wound. Much like the bandage I had on my knee, I need to start protecting the wound that I've had emotionally or spiritually. So when we look at Romans 12 too, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So I have to protect it by guarding what comes through my eyes into my mind by what I watch on TV or through the Internet. I need to pay attention to what comes into my mind through my ears by what I listen to in my car when I'm driving around. I need to read God's Word. I need to meditate on it. I need to memorize it. I am trying to soak my mind in the ways of God and not in the ways of this world so that I can protect that wound. It says, then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to live my life. And then we get to monitor the wound, and I add with accountability. Much like I got inspected every morning and every evening to make sure that thing was still progressing the way it should be, I believe having accountability in your life, and you have to invite it in. It doesn't just naturally happen. You have to allow people close enough to you to get to know you. And they can see those subtle changes that you kind of miss in yourself, and they can help you with that. We see here in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Earlier we had referenced John 10.10. The second half of that talks to that abundant life that Christ came for. At the beginning of that verse, it talks about the devil, whose whole job in life is to steal, kill, and destroy. So you have an enemy. He wants to destroy you. Once you've found healing, he does not want that testimony of healing to get out there. He's going to do everything he can to tear that thing down and destroy it before it can have an impact on anybody else around you. So I need to monitor that and allow other people to be part of that in my life. We have a video testimony today from uh, Awan. He's going to speak to some of the healing that he's found in his life. I invite you to watch this and also kind of pay attention, see if you can see these steps that are resident within this video. So here's Juan. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Juan. I've been att- attending Celebrate Recovery since uh, late 2020. The last year and a half or so of my last tour was, uh, was pretty rough. Uh, we were uh, doing a lot of fighting. Uh, my marriage wasn't um, the best. Uh, my relationship with my daughter wasn't, at the, uh, wasn't doing very well. So I knew we needed to make a change in order to save my family. Uh, and then Pastor Mike on one of the Sunday sermons mentioned Celebrate Recovery. I assumed that it was like an Alcoholics Anonymous, that it was more geared towards people with drug addictions. And uh, when I was researching, I realized that it was for everything, for um, life issues. Though I have some struggles with some things, my my main issue was with my anger, with my temper. I tricked my family into coming to uh, celebrate recovery. And then uh, shortly after, I asked my daughter if she wanted to keep coming. And uh, sure enough, she would come only if I came with her knowing that uh, she was struggling and she had all the issues, not me. Uh, I came here and I supported her uh, only to discover that uh, I was a broken man. I was the king of telling everybody in the house what they were doing wrong. I was doing it wrong. I wasn't leading my family. I was telling my family what to do. I needed to ask forgiveness 
uh, to God, to my family, to myself. Uh, and once I did it in that order, uh, life got better for me. The, big, the biggest differences in my family now since we started going to celebrate recovery and, 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 and going to church every Sunday, now there's a, there's a faith that's there, a hope that's there that was never there before. We know that every day isn't going to be perfect. Uh, we know that we're still a family. We're, we're, we're human and we make errors. We make mistakes. Now there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There was never a light at the end of the tunnel before. Anytime something happened at the house, it was the end of the world. And it was everybody's fault. Right? But then it wasn't anybody's fault. It was that person's fault. We did a lot of finger pointing. But there's love. There's laughter. We hug. We pray. We say grace. It's hard to describe the level of peace that we're at in my house. Uh, it's a peace that we hadn't seen in a very long time. Uh, but it's also, uh, we support each other when we're not in a good place. Coming to celebrate recovery and opening up, uh, surprisingly, was not difficult because once I came in, it was a, it was a genuine, um, a, a genuine feeling of love, of comfort. I think you're going to be very comfortable uh, knowing that there's people out there that are just as broken as you in a lot of different arenas and areas of their life, just like for me. Uh, so, uh, so give it a shot. A wonderful testimony to life change. That's what Journey Church is all about. I appreciate Pastor Mike allowing uh, us to come and, and raise a little awareness on this ministry that is part of Journey Church. It's been going for uh, five years here. We call it River Region Celebrate Recovery. I'm blessed, along with my wife Suzanne, to be the ministry leader for this wonderful ministry that it really deals with a lot of healing. Um, it's a structured approach to applying God's Word in your life to experience healing from any hurt, hang-up, or habit. You heard one reference, and that's what he thought. That's what a lot of people do think. But really, only about a third of the people who come there are for addictive kind of things. The other two-thirds are for anger, codependency, relationship struggles, grief. Um, and it's to live out the Beatitudes through a community of support and accountability. It's a table in the back tonight or today that uh, there will be a few folks there that will be available to answer any questions you may have about what that all entails. There's some information pamphlets that are you're welcome to take if you would like to. Uh, tomorrow night is a fifth anniversary kind of celebration. You'll hear more testimonies of life change, much like Juan. Uh, you know, some giveaways, food. Um, it, it'll be a celebration of how God has healed people and what he's doing in their lives. So we invite you to come out and give it a try. Um, and everybody is welcome to come and do that. Um, as we kind of tidy this bit up, I'm going to let Mike kind of take over. He'll kind of walk us through some next steps as we uh, move forward today. Well, what an incredible testimony uh, that Juan gives there of his life being changed. And, um, and, and that... That's something that anybody in this room can experience or anybody watching online can experience is healing. And uh, sometimes, like I said, we don't, we don't see it. You know, we, we, we think it's somebody else's fault. But what we've got to be able to do is say, God, just search my heart. Like King David says, God, God, search me and show me, is there anything offensive inside of me towards you, God? And so, God, I want to confess that to you. I want to, I want to confess that sin to you. I want to be healed of that. And so maybe you're here today and maybe you're in need of physical healing. You know, there's steps that, uh, that God walks us through. Sometimes maybe it's going to the doctor. You know, God can heal us any way he wants to. He can use doctors. He can use medicine. He can use whatever's out there. We, we trust him for that. You know, the lady I shared with you earlier, I mean, she's been battling cancer, but she's been seeing doctors. But you know what? She, she's been trusting God more than anything else. And so God can use whatever he wants to. He may touch us with his very own hand. And we're okay with that. We trust God to do those things, right? And then maybe there's somebody here that needs emotional healing. I mean, you're still wounded from things that happened in your childhood or maybe even, you know, something that's happened in your marriage or whatever, and you need healing on that. God wants to heal you of that. But we've got to be willing to admit it and say, God, I need help. I'm, I'm broken. I'm in need of, of a Savior. I'm in need of healing. I mean, at once that he goes, I'm, I'm broken. I remember at the age of 19, he realized, man, I'm broken. And let me just tell you, God's still putting us back together. So maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, you go, you know what, man, I need to be healed relationally. You know, my relationships are strained, they're, they're you know, are, then God can do that. 
financially. God can do that. He's going to give you steps to take. You may have you listen, get rid of some things, sell some things, pay off some debt, but begin to take those steps and honor God with your wealth. God will do that as well. But the main thing we've got to do is we've got to admit it. And we've got to trust Him. And I'm just telling you, it's always about trust. We see the woman, you know, with the issue of blood. It was about her faith, right? Every step, you know, hey, if it was to go wash in the pool, it was, hey, you know, a step of faith. To put our faith in Christ is to release everything. Just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. It's a step. And so I believe that God is working in this room today, and I know He is, and I believe He's working in the hearts of the people that are watching online. And so here it is. The steps we need to take. Admit your need for healing in your life. Just go ahead and admit it. God, I need to be healed. Don't hide it. Don't try to talk it away. Just go, you know what? I know I need to be healed. I need healing. I'm wounded. I'm broken. And then the second one here is, is actively allow God to transform your mind. And the more that we take in God's Word, the more that we begin to understand how God wants us to think. And when we change the way that we think, we change the way that we live. So we've got to, you know, God, I want to quit, li- I want to quit thinking the way the world has been telling me and my friends have been telling me. God, I want to think the way that you tell me. Because He knows what's best for us and He wants what's best for us. He wants us to be healed. And then the last one is to seek support, accountability in a, in a life group or, and celebrate recovery. And John's kind of talked to you about that. There's a table back there in the back. But, man, there's life groups you can get involved and get in and connect with somebody where you can you can share what you're struggling with. And people can pray over you. And maybe even, you know, you can learn from somebody that's walked that road ahead of you. But don't isolate. Don't hide it. Bring it to the light and let God heal you. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're sitting here in this room today and you go, man, Mike, I need to be healed then God wants to heal you. You admitting is one of the first steps. Maybe you're here in this room today and you need spiritual healing. And you go, Mike, I need salvation. I need to be saved. I need a relationship with God. I've never done that. I've been in church or I've done this. Or, but you know what? I want spiritual healing in my life. And so maybe today or maybe if you're watching online, you go, that is me. Well, let me walk you through a, a prayer that I prayed when I was 19 years old. It's a prayer that we walk people through every week. But it's a surrender of your heart. It's your prayers, your conversation with God. And you say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And Jesus, I believe you went to the cross and I believe you died for me. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm putting my trust in you to save me, to heal me, to set me free, and to use me for your purposes and for your kingdom. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I put my faith in you. I trust you. Jesus, will you come into my life and will you save me? Will you redeem me? His answer is yes. So maybe you're one of those in this room. If you just prayed that prayer, you just asked Jesus to save you. You just asked Jesus to come into your heart to change you. If you would, would you raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. Anybody in the room? I see your hand right back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Right up here. I see your hand right there. Anybody else? God sees your heart, man. I'm just telling you, he sees everything about you. There's nothing you can hide from Him. He sees your heart. There's somebody online maybe that, man, I'm just telling you, man, just give your life to Christ. Trust Him. He'll change you. And those of you that just raised your hand, welcome to the family of God. You're no longer just a creation of God, like Psalms 139 talked about, but you're a child of God. You're adopted into His family. And you've been brought in by what Jesus did. Your faith in Him. That's awesome. But you know, I believe there's people in this room that are, that are, that are in need of healing. And God is calling you to a step, and it may be a step down this aisle to lay something down on the altar. Maybe it's to go down and leave something at that altar. And I just want to give you that opportunity to respond. Maybe you're at home. You know, you can get down by your couch. You can get down by the coffee table. Let that be your altar. But get on your knees and do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. I trust the Holy Spirit to work in your hearts and to work in your life. But you have to trust Him to take that step. If he says, reach out your hand, reach out your hand. If he says, go to the pool, go to the pool. If he says, go to the altar, you go to the altar. You've got to trust him because he wants to heal you. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. They're going to lead us in a song. It's your opportunity to respond. So across the room, if everybody would just stand and, and respond as the Holy Spirit leads you. There's going to be a prayer team here at the front. They'll pray with you. Pastor John will be here. But everybody across the room, just stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. One last thing I want to share with you. We've got some uh, good news. One of our, uh, our staff is leaving for something that he feels like God has called him to. And so check out this video. Hey, Journey Church. I couldn't be with you in person today, but I wanted to take a minute and share with you some things that God has been doing in my life and in the life of my family. 
It was short of five years ago that God called us to Journey Church to serve as the executive pastor here, and we have loved every single minute of it. God has done some incredible things over the past five years, and we've enjoyed the opportunity to work with Pastor Mike, the rest of the team that's in place, and with every one of you who volunteer on a weekly basis. But recently, I began sensing that God might be calling me into a new season of ministry. And when I crossed paths with Cross Church in Stark, Florida, it became evident that God was calling me there to serve as the lead pastor. And so recently, about two weeks ago, I accepted a call to be the lead pastor of Cross Church in Stark, Florida. And so my family and I will make that transition at the end of this month. And as we make that transition, I want to invite you to begin praying with me for a couple of different things. One, I would love your prayers for me and for Erica and Madison just as we walk through the steps of transitioning into a new place of ministry. But I also want to encourage you to continue praying for the team here. We know that God still has incredible things in store for Journey Church. And although we won't be here to be a part of them, we are extremely excited to hear how God continues to use you moving forward. Hey, I'll see you again. We'll still be around for the next several weeks. And I'll see you again soon. And I look forward to speaking with you then. Amen. If y'all would, y'all celebrate that. That's, that's exciting. Daniel is a great communicator, and, uh, and I feel like he has that heart to be a lead pastor, and so we're excited to send him off with our blessings. And so uh, he's, he's not able to be here this weekend. He's dancing in Nashville, actually, uh, so wasn't able to be here. His daughter's actually dancing, but uh, they're up there for that, and he wanted to be able to be there for kind of our last competition. I said, man, that's cool. And so he'll be here next Sunday, and uh, if you guys would, man, love on those guys, and, uh, and like I said, be praying for them. That's a big step, transitioning like that, to pray for him and Erica and uh, Madison. And uh, actually, we're going to pray for him right now, so let's pray. Father, we, we pray for your blessings on uh, Daniel and uh, his wife and his daughter, and God, we just pray for your blessings on their ministry. We pray for the church there in Stark, Florida, God, that the gospel would be preached and disciples would be made. And, Lord, Father, that lives would be changed. And, God, we just we, we love you, God. We thank you that you trust us to go and do your work. And so, God, I pray for your richest blessings on these guys. And, God, just uh, open doors they can't open, closed doors they don't need to walk through. And, Father, again, thank you for our time with him here. And, uh, Lord, Father, we pray that uh, you would just bless his ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.